Hello, this is another edition of The Scoop on Life. Uh, we're excited about uh, today's episode. It's uh, Chase here with you. And uh, as we sit here on June the 24th, 2022, this is a day that, uh, that will not be forgotten. A, a very memorable day as for nearly uh, 50 years, Pro-life advocates all over this country have been praying, fighting, working for this day. And that was to see the uh, Supreme Court of the United States overturn Roe versus Wade, sending it back to the states. And I'm excited to bring on the podcast today. Andrew Wood is the executive director of Hope Resource Center in Knoxville, Tennessee. He has a podcast which I highly recommend, A Conversation on Life. Andrew, uh, what a day. Uh, I mean, this morning, watching this unfold, watching it come out. You've been on the front lines with Hope Resource Center for years, fighting, praying, working. Take us through kind of your emotion as you watched that come out this morning. Yeah, man. The uh, I'll try not to get emotional talking to you, but um, you know, it, when the when the leak happened uh, a few weeks ago, or I guess months ago at this point, uh, I was on an airplane and and I landed. And, you know, you turn your phone on off airplane mode once you land, and my phone was blowing up. Hey, what's this mean? What's this mean? What's this leak? And I was like, I don't even know what you are talking about. And I pulled the leak up and I thought, wow, if this is the majority opinion, history has been made. And so we all anticipated that. We've been longing for that. Uh, when I took this job seven years ago, that was why I took this job. I, you know, uh, I was messaging with uh, with Jarrell Gotsi earlier, who's the, the president of Heartbeat International. And I, I just was texting him and said, thanks. And he wrote back because he's heard me tell my story that when I took this job, I looked at my wife and I said, I said, one day our kids will look at us and say, what were you doing while 3,000 babies were being aborted a day? And Jarrell texted me and said, now look at what we get to say. And um, it was probably not good to do media today because, <laughs> because I'm so emotional. But the reality is this is a this is a monumental historical moment. I've been I've been a pro-life advocate my entire life, but I haven't really been on the front line or in the trenches really up until 2015 that when I took this job. The reality is they are there are pregnancy center folks all over this country that have that have been doing this work longer than I've been alive, that have given their lives to this mission and, and have poured every inch of their being into seeing what we are seeing today whether and and, and there's going to be a lot of uh history books that talk about this moment and they will talk about politicians they'll talk about attorneys they'll talk about supreme court uh, appointees they'll talk about uh which president was able to appoint the, the ones that that ultimately overturned what we saw today and if there is not chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter that is devoted to the work of pregnancy centers and, and the front line, rolling up your sleeves, loving your neighbor work that's happening day in and day out, uh, then we're missing something. Uh, we should celebrate all of it. We needed every arm of the pro-life movement to get us to this point. Uh, but my goodness, if, if we don't uh, celebrate the pregnancy centers right now, and I've been 
I've been obviously keeping up with the news today and the vice president in his statement, or Vice President Pence, former Vice President Pence in his statement said, specifically mentioned pregnancy centers. And I'm thinking that's what we need to be doing. Tony Evans in a press conference earlier today did the same thing, specifically mentioned pregnancy centers. Our governor in the state of Tennessee, Governor Lee, specifically mentioned pregnancy centers. Now, some folks are going, oh, that's going to put a big target on our back. No, that is giving the credit where credit is due. Obviously, we look to, to the Lord and we say that God made this happen, but he used the vessels that, that are the pregnancy centers to, to do a lot of this. And the reality is we were serving yesterday. When that decision was announced today, we had people in our building that we were serving. And on Monday morning, we're going to wake up and we're going to be serving once again. And uh, we, but, but we need to take a moment because a lot of folks are going to be saying in the next day or two, hey, we won, but it, get rid of the but. We need to take a moment. We, we sometimes fail to do this as pro-lifers and as believers. It is okay today to say thank you, Jesus, and mm. celebrate. Celebrate, unapologetically celebrate what today means. That, that already we're seeing Missouri, the first state in the union to outlaw abortion. It's already happened. We're hearing that, that abortion clinics are closing in Arkansas. We're hearing that, that abortionists are, are telling their staff, hey, we're, we're done right now because of this, this uh, decision from the Supreme Court. This is, this is monumental. I mean, this is, we, we talked about it. I feel like I've been talking about it on, on podcasts and any or every opportunity I get that we're longing for that day, a post-Roe era. And today, in this moment, June 24th, 2022, Chase, we're in a post-Roe era. Yes. It's insane, man. Insane. It is. And like I said, nearly 50 years this has been in place. Did you think that in your lifetime, I know we've been praying for this, we've been hoping for this, but did you really think in your lifetime that you would see this? You know, I, I'm, not a, uh, I'm not a mystic. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe in speaking things into existence. Um, but I think part of me was like, if I say it enough, surely, surely it'll happen at some point. And, and so I've been saying, I do think we were on the cusp of something special. I think when, uh, if you just look from a political spectrum and, and the Supreme Court nominees, when, when Gorsuch was able to be nominated and, and confirmed, all the mess that went on with Kavanaugh, he finally got his confirmation. And then Amy, Amy Barrett uh, kind of being the tail end of that. Uh, in looking at the court makeup, I, I knew that we had an opportunity that we had not had before. And we've had, quote unquote, majorities on the Supreme Court as conservatives in the past, but never like this. And and so there was certainly a part of me that believed, man, it's possible, but we don't just need the justices. We need a bill, a piece of legislation that's going to make it up the channel to the Supreme Court, then the Supreme Court is going to have to take that on as a case, and then the, then the attorneys are going to have to win it. And so for all those chips to fall into place, it's not as easy as just, just go overturn Roe. The interesting thing about the Dobbs case out of Mississippi is you had all of that happen, so it was the perfect storm. You had a case out of Mississippi. It made its way to the Supreme Court. When it was argued in front of the Supreme Court, the state of Mississippi was arguing there is no gray area here. To uphold our law, you will have to get rid of Roe in its entirety and Casey from 1992. 
And the Biden administration and the folks that were fighting against the law in Mississippi said there is no gray area here. You have to uphold Roe and Casey in its entirety. And so the judges looked and said, okay, both parties said there is no gray area. And Alito wrote eloquently, the Supreme Court does not confer or believe that there is a right to an abortion. And it, it go, and now it goes back to the states. I mean, that is the fact that all that had to play out the way it did. Uh, you know, once I knew Dobbs was in front of the Supreme Court, I thought, OK, we have a chance like this is an actual chance. But I'll be honest, there was the cynical side of me that thought, well, Roberts is going to convince somebody to go with him and they're going to uphold the Mississippi law. But Roe and Casey will stay in place. And the fact that he did a concurrence, but we had the votes to completely get rid of Roe and Casey is just, uh, I'll be honest, I wrote a statement weeks ago, kind of wanting to speak this into existence. And I said, it was going to be a five to four vote. Uh, and, and it wasn't quite five to four, you know, we had a concurrence. Um, but that's kind of how I thought it would go. I thought Barrett was a, a lock. I thought Kavanaugh and Gorsuch was a lot. If I thought anybody was up in the air, it might be Kavanaugh. I knew Alito and Thomas would be a lot, uh, and, and Gorsuch and, and, and Barrett didn't show me anything that would make me think they are going to uh, not go all in. And Kavanaugh was the only one that was like, I don't know, he could go with Roberts, uh, but thank the Lord they, they stuck to their guns. And, and what this shows, too, is the Supreme Court announcing it today, because they still have more decisions to release next week, so they can't even leave town. I do appreciate the the boldness of a Supreme Court saying we will not be bullied. Yeah, you know you can leak a draft, you can threaten Brett, uh, Justice Kavanaugh, you can threaten Alito. We will not be bullied, and we are going to rule the way we believe it needs to be ruled based on the Constitution of the United States. And so I do appreciate uh, the boldness in in the decision that they made today because that's not easy. You know, it's easy to say the Supreme Court, they don't have to take a poll of the nation. They're not elected. Um, but to really live that out, knowing what could come, uh, points to some very bold, uh, principled people. And, and I respect the, I respect that. That's just, uh, it's amazing, man. It is, uh, I, my, I've been, my phone's been blowing up with text and Facebook messages and comments and churches have been reaching out and been so gracious and, uh, Man, it's just been, you know, it's what a day, what a day. Yes, uh, what a day. And and you mentioned churches, you mentioned pregnancy centers. So what's next for pregnancy centers, for church, for for folks who, who you know, want to be a part of this, want to be on the front lines to help to volunteer, to serve? What What's next for the pregnancy centers? And then how can how can churches come along? How can people come along to help? Yeah, I think, you know, the question that I've been getting from from media folks is, what's this mean for the pregnancy center? You know, are you going to add services? And I'm like, we, we have pretty much all the services that we, we can provide now. We have great partnerships in the community. Uh, we do anticipate an uptick, certainly. I mean, if, you know, in the state of Tennessee, we have a trigger law. So theoretically, if nothing changes 30 days from now, abortion is outlawed in the state of Tennessee. We passed the trigger law a few years back. 
Uh, you know, like I said earlier, Missouri's already outlawed abortion. So if, if the abortion clinics are forced to close, or at the very least cannot perform abortions anymore, uh, then we know that that doesn't mean that unplanned pregnancy takes a holiday. I was saying this during the pandemic, you know, when uh, they're like, oh, we're y'all going to close. I'm like, look, abortion does not take a holiday or take time off because of pandemics. Unplanned pregnancies don't take time off because of pandemics or court decisions or, or anything. And so my challenge and encouragement to the pregnancy center folks is to stay the course. There, there are women in our community that, that are in need. And this is a, a moment in time where we have an opportunity to show the world what it truly means to love your neighbor, to show the world that the value of life isn't something that, that goes in and out of season, that it, that it matters now. So it mattered yesterday when, when abortion was the law of the land, and it matters today when abortion no longer is the law of the land. And so take this as a moment to, again, celebrate today. But again, we're getting up to Monday morning, going to go back to work. There's still folks that are in need. There's going to be some folks that are angry and bitter, and they're going to threaten pregnancy centers, and they're going to threaten churches, and they're going to cause harm in some of those areas. We've already seen that. But, but what happens in those moments, they're not targeting a pregnancy center. Who they're attacking in that moment is a young lady that's facing an unplanned pregnancy and has nowhere else to go. Who they're attacking in that moment is a, a young woman that is in an abusive relationship and needing help. A young woman that can't get a well woman exam without coming to our facility. And so by you breaking windows and graffitiing it up, you're not harming anyone except those that are in need in our community. And so what I would encourage folks to do is boldly stand for those women Churches continue to foster, continue to adopt, continue to partner with pregnancy centers, continue to preach the gospel, continue to preach that abortion is an atrocity, continue to preach the value of life. Like there, there's some folks that I've been seeing this like now's the time for the church. And I'm like, where have you been? The church has been partnering. Like I'm having pastors text me today. Why? Because they are intricately involved in the work that we're doing and have been. This isn't new to them. And, and so I'm not going to take this as a moment to, to dump on the church. The church is doing great work. Keep doing it. Keep stepping out there. Keep showing the, a lost world the value of life and the creator uh, and celebrate the creator that created it. And, and so we have uh, what, a, what a blessing it is right now for us to say we're not going anywhere. So if women are concerned, if, if families are concerned, what does this mean? We're not going anywhere. We will have uh, we will have the services available for you. We have the staff available for you. We have volunteers available for you, and we have the resources available for you. We're not going anywhere, and 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 so we need to take advantage of this moment to to point people to a greater truth of, of the blessing and wonderful blessing that is uh, being a mom, being a dad, being a, a family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great work being done in pregnancy centers all over the country. Uh, Andrew Wood is the executive director of one of those Hope Resource Center in Knoxville, Tennessee. Andrew also has a great podcast, A Conversation on Life. You can uh, listen to that uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Andrew, thank you so much for taking a few minutes uh, with me this afternoon uh, talking about uh, this uh, monumental day. And uh, I know you are busy today, but uh, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Man, it's a, I could talk for hours about this, and I probably will the rest of the day. So uh, grateful for y'all and what y'all are doing in, uh, in Alabama and other places, and just 
uh, thankful for the work that's being done by so many. Uh, you know, a lot of folks will say, we're all the pro-life generation. There are generations that have stood for this and, and uh, hats off to everyone that made today a reality from politicians to advocates, to attorneys, to pregnancy centers, to um, everyone in between, young people, old people, uh, middle-aged people, uh, it, all of it, it, it came to be in June 24th, 2022 is a day that we will never forget. What a blessing, man. Thanks for having me, Chase. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrew Wood, Executive Director of Hope Resource Center in Knoxville and host of A Conversation on Life podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We will talk to you again very soon with more of The Scoop on Life.